Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 122. On this episode, we break down the McAuliffe Magdalia. This episode was challenging in nature because we had to re-record it not once, not twice, but three goddamn times. So we greatly appreciate everybody who's going to listen to this podcast all the way through. We went off the rails a little bit. Chris was sick. Probably not our best effort ever. But We hope you enjoy it nonetheless. And before we get into the episode, we want to let you know that we are brought to you by My Cigar Pack. My Cigar Pack is a premium cigar club designed to cater unique packs to your door through an innovative platform. How do they do it, you ask? They send you five individual premium cigars, a reusable pouch with a Baveda pack, and an add-on item that complements your experience. The best part is, is they give you options. You can choose from a mild medium pack, medium pack, or a medium full pack, so you have a wide spectrum of options to choose from depending on your taste. And better yet, My Cigar Pack works hand-in-hand with real cigar experts to design their monthly combination. The brand owners and manufacturers are involved in curating their packs with the brands to give you the best experience possible. And you've got even more options. You could choose between their monthly subscription pack for $39.99 or do a one-time purchase for $49.99, and shipping is always complimentary. Visit MyCigarPack.com today to sign up now, and listeners of our podcast can enjoy a bonus add-on. Type in promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive an additional cigar with your first purchase. Again, visit MyCigarPack.com, enter promo code HOT1 at checkout and receive additional cigar with your first pack. Get it, dongers. Afraid to know ghosts? Hell yeah, it's fucking Ghostbusters. We're coming in hot. Oh. We're coming in dirty today. Yeah, coming in fucking dirty. Yeah, we are. Goddamn Ghostbusters! Why are we doing Ghostbusters? Because it's fucking it's Halloween. Happy Halloween! Um, three, four days before. This is technically the. Uh, I mean, you could consider this the Halloween episode, Halloween yeah. edition, except that we're not really doing a Halloween cigar. Spoiler alert! So. Ooh, spooktacular, <laughs> right? Um, that's also, you'll notice, for anybody who's watching the video, you'll notice Chris has a mask on. That isn't a Halloween mask. This, oh, this is, yeah. He's battling AIDS currently. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to get caught up in the airborne process of AIDS because uh, that's exactly how you yeah, get it. Yeah, I'm not the crazy doctor this year, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so I do thank you for... I would say against your probably <laughs> better wishes, you're here. I appreciate that greatly. I am high on cough because drops you, and drugs. Because you are not feeling well. Um, but hey, this is the sacrifice we make because we got to get an episode out. <laughs> we can't not give something to the audience. So we have no choice but to proceed and to move forward. Yeah. Despite your sickness. Like, I didn't even wipe my own ass today. I was so lazy and sick, but I came for this. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. I do the same thing when I'm sick. I, I got, don't take care of myself. I got poopy britches. That's disgusting. I knew I smelled something when you walked in. Yeah. Um, it's a combination of cough drops and poopy niches. I really hope people enjoyed that intro, because I thought it was pretty fucking spectacular. And they're making a new one, which excites me even more, with some of the original which, cast. Which, by the way, so... They did the originals. Yeah. Like most, I think the second one, actually the second was arguably as good as the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, like Aliens in the, in the Alien franchise. Right. Second one was dope. Then they made the one, they did the all-women thing, and here's my thing. Ooh, progressive. I'm not, this not is not super. a woman thing. Or the I company. actually quite enjoyed the movie. I don't think, I think it was less the forcible part of it being women 
and more the part that it was just poorly fucking written. It was a really bad story. It's a bad story, but it wasn't a, it, not terrible actors, not a terrible movie. And you wasted just, a good Chris Hemsworth. You definitely wasted a good Chris Hemsworth. That was probably arguably the most disappointing part of that movie. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible, but they are redoing the movie again, bringing back a, an original cast of men. So we'll see how that one plays out again. Not a men versus women thing. If the fucking movie's good, it's fucking good. Just make a goddamn good movie. You're going to do Ghostbusters again. Put the time, effort, attention, and money into it that it deserves. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Ghostbusting from the retirement home, huh, bro? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Dan Aykroyd lately? Uh, No, but I'm sure he's huge. He is a fat piece of shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember he's also. Big. He's also off the rocker a little bit. He's like super in. It's the reason like Ghostbusters was written is because his whole family's been into like apparitions and spiritual beings and aliens. Really? He's super into aliens. Like he thinks like the existence of aliens. He knows everything about it. It's weird. Have you ever seen his vodka, Skull Vodka or whatever it is? No. He has a vodka that's like a super fucking insanely pure vodka. It wins a bunch of awards, but it's entirely too expensive. Anyway, that was kind of a tangent. It has nothing to do with his spirituality or anything else. But well, it kind of does. It's It's yeah. I wish it was. What's the the, ectoplasm? What is the uh, what's the fucking green slimy thing? Slimer. Slimer or slime or something. I think slimer. I it would be cool if the vodka had like bits and pieces of slimer in it. Oh, the noise the slimer made that. (laughs) Yeah, disgusting. Could you imagine if your significant other sounded like that? It's like an Italian mafioso eating a sausage. That's what that well, sounds like. That's exactly what that sound is. But hey, you know what? Um, here we are, another episode, another season. dollar. I do want to make mention, we did something different the last episode. I would like to, although it is a bit premature at this particular point in time, but all signs are pointing to Chris and I were the definitive winners of that challenge. So congratulations to us. We're one to know. Yeah. Hats off to the cigar, though, for really pulling that one out, though. Yeah. We're more of the supporting act. I do feel like we put up a pretty good debate. I feel like we were very fluid and articulate in what we were saying. I think that certainly helped an already wonderful cigar persevere and come out on top. you guys proved that we stood united as one, as America. Right. It has nothing to do with anything we did last week, but... I do appreciate those sentiments. It does. If you actually go back to the last episode and hear the closing statements. Oh, right. Uh, right you would right, know right. that this was all about America to begin with. Right. Um, so I went to a Crown Heads event the other day. That mm-hmm. was pretty fun. Yeah. Which you couldn't attend because of this horrible, <laughs> infectious disease. Listen, that you're my throat with. felt like it was napalmed. I shit you not. That's gross. Yeah. I did feel bad, but then I went anyway. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun. It was really cool. It's like, oh, that sucks. Bye. I was literally like, oh, that sucks. All right, here we go. Uh, it was really fun. It was great seeing Miguel went to the Crown Heads event at Leaf and Vine in Troy, Ohio, which Miguel mistakenly put Troy, Michigan on their website. Very funny, but also not funny at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it showed up there. It was cool. We hung out for a while, smoked on their patio. I smoked the Juarez. I took back everything I said about that cigar, the one that I had. Chris, I'm not even joking you. It was fucking phenomenal. It was so good. Blasphemy. And I, I could, and it was a very large Vitola. And you know me. I am going to fucking tell the goddamn truth. And I smoked that cigar and I was like, this is not. I looked at Miguel and I said, this is not the same cigar I smoked six months ago. It's not the same thing. And he looked at me and goes, it's not the same thing. Like he agreed. Other people have smoked it. Agreed. I was like, am I on an island by myself here? This isn't the same thing. Listen, and for anybody who tuned it was into the Juarez review. Um, I reviewed that one on the site. I think I gave it like an 88 or 89, mm, mm-hmm. I want to say. So, knowing what I placed it at, which I had last iteration, when it was still with um, Federation, iteration right. for Federation. Uh, you mean Thompson. Or, or Thompson. Right. Um, Get it right, please. So you think that this one is better? Yeah, it was not the same cigar at all. I tried it again just because I felt like I owed just to try it again. Because I only had it that one time. That was months ago. Yeah. I smoked it again. And I was like, this this simply isn't the same cigar. I looked at Miguel. And, was, and well, he actually asked me my thoughts. And I said, when I first smoked the cigar, I just didn't like it. I'm not trying to be a dick. It just, I did not think the cigar like, was great. 
I thought it was pretty substandard. I thought it was what you would anticipate in a roughly a $5, $6 cigar. What I smoked the other night was vastly different in terms of flavor and overall experience of the first one that I smoked, also a different Vitola, which was bigger, <coughs> weirdly enough, and it wasn't the same cigar. It was something that was much better for the price range was a great value. I enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed my first experience. It's a cigar where I'm like, okay, buying a box of 20 of those is probably a good idea. That's what I felt about when I was smoking. I really, really enjoyed the cigar a lot. Um, for those who were at the event that were smoking as well, I think they shared the same sentiments. It's just simply not the same. Something different about it. I don't know if um, it's just the, the tobacco is slightly different. I don't know if it's a factor of age, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter. It's a different cigar for the better than what I initially had. So... That was pretty good. So the last one was so-so, whereas this one was definitively better and great. Yeah, it was awesome. I get you. I so. like for the for the money, I was like, holy shit, this is this is gonna be hard to beat. I really liked it. It was weird because some of the flavors I got of the original one, being that like tanginess and some of that bitter, it was yeah. almost like they were more tamed and more balanced. Where they weren't where they weren't these two factors of their own that kind of drew everything into like this is what the flavor tastes like. It's like they actually balanced each other out a little bit more. There, there was nothing about the flavor that was like super intense, super crazy, but it did seem to be more balanced than it was before. So it's like, like I got less of the harsh and more of that balance. Like the couple that you know look good together now. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, before sure. you were like, eh, I don't know how they got hooked up. But right. Like he's got a cleft lip and she's, right. you know. She got tits down her knees. Right. Right. Just not, not, not a good looking couple. This was definitely much better. I appreciated it a lot more. And it's one that I'm actually kind of excited to smoke again. I only picked up one at the event. Stupid me. But, you know, it is what it is. But I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Um, Miguel is super hospitable. So we had a really good time hanging out with him. It was good times for sure. Hell yeah. All right, moving on. Um, so interestingly enough, Part of me was thinking through this whole experience whether or not I was actually going to say something on the podcast. I am. So people are going to understand as they're listening to this that, that this doesn't blend well from <laughs> what previously happened. And that's because Chris and I have re-recorded for the third time now because I keep having a system crash on my computer. I threw, I won't even call it a small tantrum, I threw a tantrum. Not a big tantrum because usually big tantrums for me end up with holes in walls. And broken glass. He threw like an Annabelle tantrum. But you're not going to know that. No. And it was weird is that the cameras actually picked up quite a few of these tantrums. <laughs> I think I'm going to post them. I think they're all good. You know what? We'll leave them for the Patreon subscribers. Like here's some behind the scenes footage of shit that didn't make the show because yeah. of crashes. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we talked about a guy who had grown a 921 pound pumpkin and carved it into a kayak. That was interesting, and yeah. uh, not going to talk about that again. We talked about the backstory of the Annabelle doll, and uh, that's pretty interesting. Not going to talk about that again, um, because we've already talked about it. Yeah. And it's all fucking gone. And yeah, and this was like an improv show, so like there was so much good golden material that trying to recreate it would just be You can't recreate stupid. it. Yeah. It'd you be stupid. You cannot now, recreate it's it. It's on camera, so I mean, if Corey ever decides... That it's good enough material to to post. I mean, obviously, for sure, you know. What I'm probably gonna do is cut up the most hilarious parts about what happened, which would be the tantrum, and then also <laughs> some of the shit we were talking about with Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. But none of it is gonna make the podcast. Yeah. Um, we've talked for roughly 50 minutes, and we have 12 minutes of material <laughs> recorded. So. Hey. It's been interesting. I'm very frustrated right now. See, this is the stuff. The, the, the hilarious part about this is like when it's all clean, crop, done, produced, sent out for everybody to listen to. You don't know this. You have no idea that any of this shit exists. You have no idea of system shutdown, no idea of like camera complications, no idea of recording complications, no idea of production complications, all this shit of which fucking deal with. Every single goddamn week that takes up many hours of my time. This is my rant because we do this shit for free and it is challenging and it is expensive and it is time consuming. This is all the fucking bullshit that goes into making this fucking show. I'm going to be real with you. 
I knew we were we were in <laughs> for it. We started talking about the ooky spookies, the spirit realm, and like demons. Because I swear to God, as soon as you brought that shit up, I did. As this soon, shit started crashing. As soon as I said kind of Halloween edition, as soon as we started talking like, about oh, that. Oh, here we go with the hex. I have a fucking system crash, system overload on my PC that I've never, like I've had one other time. And the other time I could account for why it was actually crashing. This time it actually didn't really make sense because I'd, cl- I'd had everything cleaned out. Yeah. Yeah. I was fully prepared and for whatever reason still system crash like annabelle doesn't want us talking about her this little cunt of a fucking doll don't say that is, she's gonna get mad is again. making my fucking computer she's crash. gonna get mad again i hope she does here's the thing would you not put me up against a doll right now i don't know you got a good shot dude fucking doll doesn't stand a chance doesn't awesome. stand a fat fuck i will beat that little porcelain bitch oh yeah. dude i wish i had a doll right now I wish I had one of those therapy dolls. Like when you go to therapy as a child, they give you something to beat up on. Yeah. I want a therapy doll that looks like fucking Annabelle that I could beat the living fuck out of. As a matter of fact, I'd set that little bitch on fire. I'd put her on a fucking cross and I'd burn her. Sorry, that was taking a little too far. I would just burn her, throw her in my fire pit. Corey, that's how the demons escape <laughs> from its little wooden body and make its way through your nostril holes or pee hole. <laughs> it's true. That's how you get possessed, bro. There was a story that I found that I want to talk about where a guy got a set of tweezers lodged in his pee hole, and it was there for more than four years before he got him surgically removed. What? First of all, how did the tweezers get in the pee hole? Why are the tweezers in the pee hole? This is question number one. Question number two is, why'd you wait four years to get the tweezers out of your pee hole? Yeah, what type of tweezers were they? And also, like metal tweezers, and also... Like, just, like, the ones you use for, like, pulling nose hairs? Yeah. Or, like, the tweezers you use when you're doing, like, sutures? No, I think, like, the tweezers you use for, like, nose hairs. What doesn't make sense to oh. me as well that I find a little weird about the whole story is, like, what does... This isn't as urethra. So, like, what does piss and, hev- heaven forbid, any sort of masturbatory pleasures... What happens when you have a pair of tweezers lodged in your dick hole? Do you constantly spray? Like, what? For four years? Like, what happens? What what do you do? I would imagine you're a bit like a leaky faucet. Because... You think that's what it is? It just dribbles out? Yeah, because we... You know, everybody knows that a good pair of tweezers, they start off open, right? You apply pressure to the outside walls of the tweezers to make them do their tweezing. (laughs) That's true. And so when you stick it into some, you know, some soft tissues that have a lot of give to them, such as your urethra, um, you're just going to be making a bigger pee hole and you're going to keep the, you're going to keep the faucet open. And so you're going to get this slow drip and Mm. I feel bad for his underwear, uh, because that can't be good. Um, yeah, it's like four years worth of diapers. You just got probably. you're just constantly like, I don't know why I keep peeing. But also, like, and, and I know tales from the ER. I know people who are nurses, and I've heard these stories before. And the story always is something similar. Typically, not in the pee hole, but more in the rectum. Yeah, someone will lodge something up there, and they're too embarrassed to get it dislodged, so they live with it long enough to bear the pain until they can bear the pain no more. And then they're embarrassingly taking themselves to the hospital going, hey, I have a lucky rabbit's foot shoved in my anus. Not to I mention. need you to remove it. And most of them, oh, yeah. from what I've been told, lie about it. I don't know how it got there. Of course. What? There's tweezers in my butt? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, I don't remember, like, how did what? this deflated beach ball like, get in my anus? Someone explain it to me. Wait, you're telling me I came to the ER thinking I had like a stomach issue or like backing up like constipation. You're telling me I've got tweezers in my butthole? What I would like to tell you is that I fell on the Coke bottle. I didn't put it in there. Gosh damn it. I knew I was missing those somewhere. I've been looking all over for them. <laughs> <laughs> can I have those back? Yeah, can you just get off that surface, Russ? I'll take them home with me. Yeah, there's some tales of the ER, man. There's some crazy shit that happens. And uh, mostly, and this is, this is the hardest pill to swallow in all this, is that 
anything in the rectum is usually dealing with the guy, not a girl. It's not a you don't find girls with shit. And although I did, I didn't see the video. I heard the story about the girl who shoved something in her va- her vag hole. It was glass and it shattered. That's some strong rectum, rectum mus- muscles, like, you know what I'm saying? That's like some strong shit. Uh, I mean, these are definitely more terrifying yeah. <laughs> than some of the ghost stories we're yeah. going to talk about. Annabelle ain't got shit on this. Have you ever imagined, like, it was late one night, and there was a Coke bottle, you know, one of those dark brown glass bottles sitting in the fridge. And you pull it out and you drink it. And all of a sudden, you fall. And your butt falls right on it. It goes right up your butt. And the screeching pain can be heard for miles away. (gasps) (laughs) And they say that every night since that night, (laughs) when that woman died on that Coke bottle, (laughs) you can still hear her screaming, (gasps) <laughs> Scariest ghost story I've heard yet. That's for Dude, damn sure. Yeah, it's real. Hey, it's real life shit. Reserve that for the campfire. That's some real life shit. Dude, it, what if, what if um you know <laughs> someone should do this? Maybe we'll do this sometime. We'll narrate really really like not ghost stories, not scary, but narrate really <laughs> Can real life stories, yes, but narrate them in such a way where they sound suspicious and sneaky. Oh, yeah, and thrilling. <laughs> yeah, like Chris slowly wheels his grocery cart through aisle nine, and at the end, he sees a box of animal crackers. <laughs> and that's just the end of the fucking story. Yeah. You just end it, just make it super suspenseful. Yeah. I love good suspenseful stories. What's your favorite type of scary movie? Oh, uh, werewolves, without doubt. Okay, werewolves isn't a genre of scary movie. Sure it so is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I meant thriller, suspenseful, a good whodunit. Do you like apparitions? Do you like spiritual? The ones where there's a lot of thrashing and gore, like werewolf ones. <laughs> So stupid. You know what the irony to that is? Is that there's no good werewolf movies. There's a few. They're terrible. There's a few good ones. You know, and the thing is, you have a pretty poor taste in movies, in my opinion. So, like, I think the only good scary, like, wolf movie that you have talked about would be the one with Benicio Del Toro, right? Wolfman? Yeah. I mean, it's good, but it ain't the best, bro. Then what's the best? American oh. Werewolf in London? No, God. You're How was that not the best? You're so, like, werewolf cliche. Oh, so you like the... You don't understand. You like the B-movies where the fuck you can see, clearly see the man's, like, eyes through his werewolf makeup. Oh, no. Doesn't even look fucking graphically enhanced. Have you ever heard of the first Howling? No, it sounds terrible. Oh, it's amazing. Have you ever heard of Dog Soldiers? <laughs> don't laugh at me <laughs> oh my god please tell me there's not a scary movie called dog soldiers sure as fuck shit there is is it like toy soldiers that movie no it's werewolves oh my god it's fucking stupid you like that um you like that dumb one with kate beckinsale too don't you kate beckinsale yeah what's that stupid movie where it was like vampires versus werewolves. Oh, Underworld. Underworld. No, not you, really. Oh, you like that because, movie. Because like the You've werewolves so never looked like good werewolves. They're always like snub-nosed werewolves, which you find out why later in the why, fourth one. What is a werewolf supposed to look like? Longer snout. These but if they're not short, real, how do you know what they look these like? These had like pug noses. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like they have breathing cars like... <laughs> Wasn't well, that like because weren't they hybrids though? They were, which has made them fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I thought I remember. Um, what's your favorite non-scary? Are you sorry? Your favorite non-wolf scary movie? Oh, okay. Like if you could pick an all-time scary movie, like the one that really fucking gets you, that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, over and over and over. Um, there's uh, Exorcism still does it. I like the original. Yeah, the seventies regular. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that one gets me and it's mm-hmm. because it's all practical effects and it just has a certain amount of realism to it that scares the shit out of me. Right. Um, and then there's, um, oh shit, uh, Salem's Lot. 
Salem's Lot is a really That's good scary. movie. That is so also, fucking spooky. Also a very old school scary movie. Yeah, I forgot really about is. Salem's Lot. Do you know what I watched last night? What? Lost Boys. That's so good. That was a great movie. It was the first time Lauren ever saw the movie. And she actually enjoyed it. She was like, it's pretty good. There's a lot of things that were confusing to her, like why did they just jump right into the movie and give no backstory? And I said, well, that's part of... Because the story's lost, too. That's true. It's a lost story. I thought... It's a so Like, good literally, it, I, was so, I was so excited to watch that last night, I was, like, giddy about it. Yeah. Because I saw it on HBO, and I was like, yeah, I don't I'm in. I think so, Max. 100% in. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland He's a badass. so young. So crazy seeing him in that movie. It's funny because he's the ultimate badass in that movie, ultimate like bad guy. And then you never see Kiefer Sutherland ever again as like a bad guy. No, he's always a good guy. He's always a good guy. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he's like the best good guy ever. It's like, well, you could have just had a history of being like the ultimate bad guy and you just flipped the 180 on us. He went from Kiefer Sutherland to Kiefer Northerland. (laughs) He really did. He's just a heavenly dude. Yeah, he's great. Heavenly. I love that um, that show that he's in. Oh, it's on Netflix. I always watch it all the time. No. He was in <laughs> 24. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was laughing the other day. Um, this show, is there's, there's just no theme to it. I was, um, I was watching a commercial the other day because I was watching football, and the commercial was for a new series. It was three different series of shows on NBC, I think, and one was just called fire oh and then the other one was just called like what hospital <laughs> like the other one was just called like police like this is no joke this is like a three three series thing that kind of all encompasses each other and there was a new one today i was watching fox and i see another commercial pop up and it's like this rough and tumble sheriff, you know what I mean? Like yeah. guys just kind of like, you tell he's got the five o'clock shadow and I'm going to be the badass that like really takes care of the city. And yeah, I'm not going to let any injustices happen to these yeah. people, but he's also kind of rough around the edges, just called deputy. Oh, I was like, dude, they're not even coming up with clever names anymore. These fucking shit ball fucking writers, creators, producers, it's like one tired goddamn show after another. I couldn't believe Law & Order SVU is still fucking on the goddamn air. I can't believe half these shows that have been on the air for fucking 20 years are still a thing. You're just regurgitating <laughs> the same story over and over. It's like, he's the good guy that everybody roots for. And he's the asshole that everybody wants dead because he's constantly killing people. This is the show that everybody's been waiting for. Good guy versus bad guy. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> so poorly fucking written, too. <laughs> it's like, who are the fucking assholes? We always talk about it. It's like, what are we going to do to curtail the population in the United States and in the world, really? And there's things that I think about where I, I take these interrelated things and I go, well, you could lob off this group. So my thing is, is if you still watch 7 or 8 o'clock network television... And you're watching any one of these PD shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hawaii Five O, Medic, Chicago Blue, PD, whatever the fuck it is, Law and Order. Yeah. Yow. 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 You gone. You're the first one gone. All day, every day. How many people do you think that is? 30 million right off the top? Done. You're done. You're the first ones to go. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. This is just everything about this show has just gone off the rails. I hope people really enjoy um Bro, I don't know where I'm at. Yeah. Me too, but the good news is we do have a review. Which that I am very excited about. And in and of itself is like almost like a whole new segment to the show because it isn't really interrelated to anything that happened previously. It's not Halloween themed. Hopefully we're not gonna have to re record it. If we do, <laughs> I'm literally going to commit suicide on camera. Wait, what's the name of no, Annabelle? No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, her name's Annabelle, Annabelle Magdalia? <laughs> Holy shit. Annabelle McDalia? <laughs> yes, I'm saying, bro. Oh, that's great. All right. So hang tight, everybody. We're going to take 
just a quick break. I'm going to take a quick breather. Probably going to go pour myself some alcohol. I'm going to take uh, a snot break. Yeah, that's probably a wise idea. You sound very congested. Um, So we'll be back at everybody in just a minute. Hang tight. All right, everyone. We are back. Hopefully this thing records as intended. But if it doesn't, go fuck everyone. Um, Blame it on Annabelle McDalia. <laughs> we're currently sniffing some Vicks Vapor Rub. It really gets you going. And uh, I was explaining to Chris, I said, isn't that what they put on the rectums of porn stars to get them to come? And uh, he's like, huh? But then it reminded me it wasn't Vicks Vapor Rub, although it probably would work. There's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where <laughs> Larry David meets a porn star and the guy says, He's like, yeah, once you do it so often, the only way you can get off is if someone just takes a little bit of hot sauce and rubs it in your rectum. <laughs> it's one of the funniest episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm you'll ever see. Ugh. It's hilarious. Like, there's a guy while they're performing sex that's just standing underneath them, <laughs> wiping hot sauce. <laughs> it's pretty grody, though. Uh, we do have a review today. Don't we? Don't we? And what are we reviewing? So before we get into it, we obviously have to tell everybody what we are reviewing today. The Annabelle Magdalia. By McAuliffe. By Michalef Ultra. You know what's funny is, is uh, and here's the thing, I assume it's pronounced McAuliffe. McAuliffe. Right, that's, that is what, <laughs> to me, that is what... I would think is how you pronounce it. But I did watch some guy's cigar review. He had a really nice handlebar mustache. Um, he was like, and I'm reviewing the, uh, the like he said, like the Magdalenium. He's like, I'm reviewing like the Magdalenium from Mikalef. And yeah. I was like, I think you just fucked up that entire thing. I don't think you got any part of that right. Not only does Magdalia not have seven symbols or syllables in it, but I'm pretty sure it's not Mikalev. Listen, brother, don't, I don't know. Don't let anybody tell anything different. You pronounce it how you ever goddamn well as pleases goddamn That's America. True. It is. Freedom of Do speech. Do what you want. Freedom of pronunciation. And goddamn it, I even call it the goddamn same things. Mikalev Ultra. Mikalev Ultra. Um, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I was actually really excited. So we've already reviewed the Mikalev Sumatra, which is one of my favorite go-to cigars. I think it's probably one of the most balanced cigars that I think I've ever smoked. I know that's weird saying that because I smoked a lot of stuff, but it's one that I always continually go back to. I really enjoy it. And there's specific Vitolas I love that cigar into as well. Um, we were thankful enough that McAuliffe actually sent us some more stuff to kind of look over, browse over, review, break down. Um, and in that opportunity, we took the Magdalia and decided to actually review it and break it down as a second McAuliffe cigar featured on the podcast. Yeah. So before we get into the entire breakdown, there is a backstory to the Magdalia, which is kind of interesting. Um, there's a true backstory. There's the real backstory. And then there's Chris's backstory of the Magdalia. He <laughs> <laughs> conjures up his own versions. And I'm curious to hear this one. Okay. You want to do yours first? No, first? you go first. Okay. It's actually an acronym. McDolly mm. is like one of the longest acronyms you could ever imagine having in the uh, uh, urban English language. Uh, M is for mirth, your laughter. I is for immense, as your greatest qualities. G is for grace, an admirable trait. For D is for desire. Your thoughts do aspire. A is for authentic. Be real. L is for lofty. Your ambitions are high. I is for inventor. How many things will you create? Nicolette Ultra. And A is for affectionate. To those that matter most to you. That's what... McDalia stands for. I love it. So profound. You know what? So insightful. I think that's what I appreciated about that enormously long acronym. <laughs> right? <laughs> the real, the real 
Migdalia is named after Migdalia Sanchez, which was the daughter-in-law of Pedro Gomez. Um, she actually, she was a woman, a real woman, still is a real woman, still alive, uh, graduated from the Habana School of Tobacconists at the age of 17. She's actually, actually, she's known to be one of the best cigar rollers in the world, actually played a little bit of hand in the blending process of this particular cigar. So we got some. And her, old wrinkly and hands her on this one. evil spirit still haunts the Migdalia even today. Do you think someone named Migdalia, their name for short is Midge? Is that where Midge comes from? I thought Midge was with a D, but it could be a silent D. That's Midget. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What does Midge come from? Oh, uh, I don't know. Isn't there like a little like bug called a midge? I don't know. There could be. That's interesting. Hmm. We're looking this up for science. I got enough. What do for you sure. th- what do you think it's but before I before I find it, what do you think it's I thought Midge was like a weird little bug that annoys Dude, you. No, Midge is short for Margaret. Really? That's fucking stupid. Change it. That's like dad's name, Clarence. Yeah, Butch. For short, for Clarence, yeah, you can call me Butch. Yeah. You don't have a B in your name. Yeah. Doesn't you don't even have a sense. U in your name. Or no. a T. But what would you what would be the short of Clarence? Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Rance. Call me Claire. Lawrence? You could call him No, that's Larry. Larence. Larry is off of Lawrence. Yeah, if you're French, Larence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. All right, let's get in this fucking review before I blow my head off. Um, don't do that. You don't need to be hot in your house, bro. I know. No Shit, one wants man. you hot in your house, forever. bro. That'd be fucking nuts. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be fucking crazy. All right, Chris, before we get into the components of the cigar, how do we break these bad boys down? I'm glad you asked. Each cigar review starts with a total of 60 possible points, and it's broken down into three main categories. 10 points for construction, 20 for burn, and 30 points for taste. We then deduct points for less than optimal construction, burn, and flavor. And then see if the cigar is worth the price for a possible one bonus or deduction. And finally, we average out all individual scores. <laughs> giving you guys a total cigar rating out of sixty. Dude, Vincent pricing is shit on you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to venture to say that that was conjured from an inner, an inner spirit oh, that 100%. has occupied your body. Yeah. In the form of some sort of infection. For sure, infection. Some, some spiritual parasite. Yeah. I don't feel like me, bro. Yeah. You're not acting like you. Uh, let's get into this. So this is the Migdalia by McAuliffe. Yeah. This boasts a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, Sumatran binder, Nicaraguan combination, Nicaraguan Dominican fillers. We smoke this in a Toro's a six by 52 comes in at a price point of, would you believe it? $8. Ooh, the price of a spooky haunted movie rental. Jesus fucking Christ, get me out of here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Sorry. We'll just keep huffing. You know what? Somehow this is going to be the worst, best episode <laughs> we've ever fucking created in history. I know it. I know it's going to go down as like, it's going to be like when Silence of the Lambs came out and like it got hated it. the worst fucking reviews ever. This movie's a, an abysmal mess, it's garbage. <laughs> 20 years later is like one of the yeah. highest rated movies of all time in yeah. existence. Totally. That's going to be episode 122 yeah, of the Hot that. Ticket Podcast I for fucking that. sure. Um, <laughs> what did you think about the construction <laughs> of the cigar? <laughs> Great triple cap. Nice dark milk chocolate color. I love this. I love this Victoria. 
<laughs> I don't know. We got the giggles. Uh, <laughs> very rigid, but pretty smooth uh, texture overall. I got to say, the McAuliffe's are, uh, they stand true, a very, a very brand continuity based uh, cigar. Um, I'm just rambling at this point, but... <laughs> Uh, overall, McAuliffe makes some <laughs> really fucking great cigars, construction-wise. Um, I know right. Corey particularly doesn't like the label, uh, but, you know, I know it's a McAuliffe when I see it. <laughs> you said I didn't like the label. Yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? You said it, like, months ago. How, first of all, how do you remember? I don't even remember that. How do you remember that? Because you told me. All right. I, you know, it's true. I don't like the but label. Perfect but perfect construction. I think it was absolutely exemplary of the brand yeah you know what it is actually kind of weird because that is one thing that i think we even notated on the first original sumatra that we broke down months and months and months ago was that it seems to just be kind of superbly constructed and this one is no different i actually agree with you in terms of that the only thing that i found really on this cigar where i was just like oh was that it looked like somebody just went real heavy with the fucking glue like actually not even so around the band used a little bit of that natural glucose to actually put on the band keep everything adhered together dude it was like me it was like what i used to do in kindergarten with rubber cement i just went fucking glue crazy like it was literally slathered all the way through the bottom like not even where the band was just underneath and i was like what in the fuck did that come from and it was super visible you could see it and i went someone just went a little crazy with the glue i'm gonna be real maybe you should have checked with ghostbusters first uh, before doing that, I think it was ghost knot. It could have been ectoplasm. It's very, it's very possible. You know, it's very possible. Are we still recording? Yeah, we are still recording. I just want to make sure because yeah, it's still moving. This there's, time. A, there's a lot of cursed shit going on. <laughs> yeah, every time Chris mentions something about a ghost, the fucking <laughs> computer shuts off. <laughs> so I just want to make doubly sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree, man. It was a great construction. I'm sorry yours had ectoplasm on it, but uh, yeah. You know what, even even with that, even with someone getting a little fucking crazy with the glue sticks, yeah, it was still pretty fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So no no issues, no challenge. It wasn't it wasn't gonna be anything that was going to create detriment to the smoking experience. So it's not even a big deal. It's just something I wanted to point out. Yeah. You know, I gotta be critical of fucking something, you know? That's true. So what do you think about the burn? Oh, what a burn, Corey. What a burn. This one was a one two puffer. I love a good one two puffer. <laughs> good smoke. You see the spirits of leaving my body. <laughs> like the Conjuring movie. When they're sitting at the table and the boy's like, oh, uh, <laughs> Fucking creepy. And everybody's movie. like, fuck! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> and everybody's freaking out. That's what it was like. It, was just, it just kept pouring out of my face. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but fucking real good burn. Um, you know what? We do that five-minute hold test. Everybody, you know what that hold test is? It's we hold our breath so that the people don't hear us in the closet when the murderers come in the house. <laughs> <laughs> we do a five minute old test where we hold our breath so we don't even make one gasp. Mm-hmm. And then after the five minutes, if the murderer's gone, then that and, and that sweet release, take your breath, and you could still breathe, and the cigar's still it. That's a good hold test, mm-hmm. indicative of a great hold. Uh, did it pass? Did Annabelle? McDalia passed the whole test. Sure as fuck did. Yeah. Sure as did. Never went out. Not once. You know what? I was actually surprised, being a 6x52, how well the cigar burnt. Not only how well it burnt in terms of, like, consistency, but just the fact that, like, the draw itself, full plumes of smoke. Yeah. It's one thing that I really admire about the McAuliffe brand overall is that there's always seems to be a level of consistency around not only construction, not only what you can see visibly, the appearance of the cigar, but the experience that's derived of everything is always top-notch. Like, I've never had one that's subpar. I think any other brand that I've smoked multiple of their cigars in, there's always some sort of challenge, some sort of resistance, some sort of barrier that I have in terms of that cigar, whether it either be construction, whether it be the burn. And... All the McAuliffe cigars that I've had, which are quite a few, I've tried a huge variance of what they have to offer. They're insanely consistent, which is rare in in terms of how many times you have 
a smoking experience with a particular brand, it's rare that every single one of them tends to be almost exactly the same when it comes to construction and burnout. Obviously, flavor's a bit different. Yeah. Mine passed the whole test, no problems at all. Um, gave it a perfect burn score. It's fucking phenomenal. For six by 52, a big fucking a big donger. One. Big yeah. donger Toro. Man, fucking incredible. Yeah. What did you think about yeah. the flavors? Now, this is something that's a little, you know, Mexican San Andreas, and then we have the combination Dominican-Nicaraguan fillers. You have, of course, that lovely Sumatran binder, which, of, and in my opinion, dude, just, just make a cigar that's all Sumatran. Someone just do it. I want to try it. I want to give it a whirl. Yeah. It's going to taste like a Annie Ann's pretzel. That'd be great. I'll tell you what. Out of uh, most of my Calif- uh, Michelef Ultra cigars, um, they, they tend to be kind of complex flavors. Complex beings. These aren't single-celled organisms. <laughs> they, these are seriously complex alien-like species. You know, like in Fifth Element, like... Uh, uh, Lilu Multipass? Lilu Dallas. You know how, like, the human chromosome, or like human chromosome had like 20 something, right? 23? Yeah. 23 unless, and me. You know, but some But people, she had like 500 or some crazy shit like right. that. Some people only have 22. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. Uh, those are people. With, <laughs> those are people. With <laughs> oh, glory. Dude. <laughs> That was too dark even for me right now. <laughs> I gotta cut that out. <laughs> you can tell me gotta cut that one out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. No disrespect. But, but. <laughs> this cigar was like Lilu Dallas, man, from Fifth Element. Complex as shit when it came to flavor. And it reminded me of the Sumatran, the Macau Sumatran, just the mm. complex flavor profile. What I got was bitter, kind of meaty. You know, for all of you uh, Jason inspired murderers, uh, kind of buttery. There's a sweetness to this, and I, I always want to attribute that sweetness to the Sumatran because I think Sumatran just has kind of that sweetiness to it. You know, that nutty sweetie? I don't know, but that's what I get in, like, medium mm. spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and what's weird is, like, at certain points, it was really bitter, like, really bitter. I don't know why. It was just like a flash of fucking bitterness. <laughs> but most of the time it was kind of just bitter, meaty, and kind of buttery. And yeah. I loved it. Yeah, this is a cigar. I agree with you. I think I kind of agree with you in terms of the complexity piece of it. What is striking to me about this cigar is how well it's balanced. What I love about it the most is that you have such variance in types of tobacco yeah, but seems to be blended together to really make something that's very delicious. Yeah, not that it's like over the top, profoundly different, anything crazy like that. It's just a good element of delicious. It's a really good cigar. It's super well balanced, and you kind of get that all the way through. Now there is points of the cigar which I actually appreciate. We talk about the roller coaster ride. We talk about cigars being a little bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. This is kind of one of those. Now they're not overly challenging flavors. They're not things that you really have to think about, but there are some subtle changes in the cigar that are pleasant. I do agree with you in terms of like, you get a little bit of an injection of bitterness. You get a little bit of injection of creaminess. There's always a balance of sweet that exists in it. I think whatever tobacco that they're using tends to lend itself to be something that is very, what do I want to say? It offers up a sense of not only a good balance, but really at the end of it, it's like taking all the ingredients together. Here's the recipe. And here's this final fucking delicious cake. It's like, it's like the perfect fucking cake. It's amazing. It's actually a cigar that I really didn't think that I would find anything in their lineup that I liked as much as the Sumatra which I don't still think that this one's it, but I was surprised to find out how much I really enjoyed it next to the Sumatra. It was close to it. It was. It, was. it really is. And, and honestly, in such a large Vitola, which typically the Sumatra I smoke is usually in like a Robusto. It's not anything super big. Yeah. Um, this one being in a 6x52, which is arguably a, a pretty big cigar. I mean, it's a fucking donger through and through. 
it was really, really delicious. And those subtle little changes with just a little bit. One thing that was really different about this cigar that I think wasn't very present in the Sumatran cigar was that there is a tiny element of spice that yeah, exists in totally. here that you don't get in the other. And to me, that is, makes it more palatable. I think that's probably what I liked about this cigar the most is that there was kind of that subtle spice that just kind of hangs out in the background while everything is, all the other flavors are really brought forward to the forefront. It's like you have this wonderful choir and then you just have this timpani of spice hanging yeah. on in the background, and, you know, keeping well, the beat. And they all have their moments. What was that movie uh, a movie called Split? Who was the main character's name in that? Uh, James... McAvoy? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that, James McAvoy? Mm-hmm. Dude, this cigar is like the character in Split. It's got all these personalities. It does. It does have a lot of personalities. Yeah. And they all kind of know about each other. They all talk to each other, kind of. Yeah, that's true. You all got you kind of see them at moments in a period of time. It's a good an analogy. Yeah, we can't say words of that. An analogy. An analogy. Um. Yeah, it kind of is like that. It's yeah. a great cigar. There's something that I really like about the McAuliffe brand overall. Again, I think it's an element of that consistency. But I really haven't smoked one of their cigars in terms of flavor. That I was like, that's not good. It's every single one of them with even sometimes just slight variations in wrapper type and same blend in terms of filler always seem to be really good. Seems pretty solid, yeah. Like there's nothing that I've had where I'm like, ugh, that one, yeah. take it or leave it. Absolutely. They all seem to be very, very solid cigars. And um, that brings us to the next part of what we review, and that is what is it in terms of value? How does the price point play into this particular cigar? Now, we already just said... This is a 6x52. I think characteristically, you and I both really enjoyed this cigar a lot. And it comes in at an average price of $8 for a Toro. Yeah. I debated this one a bit. Mm. I debated a bit. I think this Sumatra is always going to have a place in my heart. You know? Right. It's always going to have a place in my heart. This one, you know, has to kind of get in line, though. You know? Yeah, spot in my heart. There's only there's only so much love I can give. Right. But Amen. You know. Eight bucks. I almost gave it a pricing bonus. Mm. I almost gave it. Because it's a fucking Toro. And it's a good Toro. Yeah. It's definitely a good Toro. But but I just wasn't feeling generous. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't feeling it. I don't know why. I feel like this was the right price in general. I think um, I'd even been cool with an eight fifty price point. Yeah, nine nine dollars. I think it'd been fine too. Uh, ten dollars be too a little bit too much, probably. Maybe, maybe not. Now, if this was like seven, now seven's a number. That's a number. That's a number. That's a number I could get behind. That's a number where I'd be like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Every day, all day. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would have been a pricing bonus. Yeah. I, Eight bucks. I was like, eh, I'm gonna I think this is a good price. So I'm kind of with you here. I wanted to. I wasn't feeling generous. I thought about it, debated it, because I really did enjoy the cigar. It's not my favorite cigar in the world, but I really did enjoy it. It is one that I could very <coughs> much smoke on a continuum, really enjoy. Time after time. Yeah. Time after time. I was waiting for it. Um, here's the reason I didn't. Oh. This is the reason I didn't give it a pricing bonus. And this has never been a reason I've not given something a pricing bonus. The label. Fucking label sucks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not the label. I didn't give it a pricing bonus because I don't feel like this cigar is for a mass populace of people. I really enjoy the flavors of this cigar. Yeah. Because it is very much palatable to me. There are certain characteristics of the cigar that I like a lot. Sure. But I could see how some other people may look at this cigar and go, eh. Yeah, right. It's all right. Yeah. Where there's other cigars in the industry that range in similar price range, maybe a little bit higher, where I think a whole populace of people would get behind and go, really love that. So I had to be conscious of the fact that I think there's other people out there now, again, I'm going out on a limb saying this, 
But I do think there's a bigger population of people out there that probably would not enjoy this cigar as much as I did. Not to say that they wouldn't enjoy it. I just don't think that they would look at it and go, okay, well, it's definitely worth way more than $8. I don't know that if, if that exists. And even in my head, I'm going, as much as I like the cigar, I do think it's appropriately priced. One of the reasons I like it as much as I do is because it's so appropriately priced. Yeah. If this was a $10 cigar, I'd go, eh. Yeah, you know th- what I mean? this isn't a bash, Annabelle McDalia. No, it's actually... This is like you did the right this thing. This is a hats off to you for you making right a thing. really good fucking cigar for $8. I just think, yeah, it's priced appropriately. Yeah. And for that, you know, we understand the value that exists and a great constructed crafted cigar with a great flavor at $8. Yeah. And this one hits the mark. I think it's 100% appropriate. And by the end of this... Annabelle Migdalia, we're hoping, we're hoping that by the good Lord's messages that we're sending out about this cigar, that you will haunt everyone's dreams until they buy one. That's what we're doing. It's what we're hoping. Haunt your dreams. (laughs) So... We've reached the end. Neither one of us gave it a pricing bonus, but we no, both we really didn't. enjoyed the cigar a lot. So now the ultimate question is, what score did we give this bad boy? Chris, what Con- did you give this Construction cigar? Construction burn was a perfect score. When it came to flavor, I gave it a 25 out of 30. This cigar for me comes at a 91.7%. Very, very well-respected score. We'll yeah. round that up to a solid 92. Now, add a little bit with the construction. Someone went a little bit glue crazy on it. Those slight little in, human imperfections, they drive me nuts a little bit. So one point deduction on that. Now, the burn was amazing. <coughs> draw was amazing. The resistance on the draw was perfect. Gave it a perfect burn score. I really enjoyed the flavors of this cigar. I like them a lot. I don't like them as much as the balance that exists in the Sumatra. It is what it is. But this, to me, is a very enjoyable cigar, especially for the money, and I gave it a 26, which comes out to a 91.7. Which will round up also to a 92. So that means we're giving the Annabelle... Migdalia. McAuliffe Ultra. McAuliffe Ultra. McAuliffe Ultra. A 92. A 92. I think that is definitely warranted for this particular cigar i really enjoy it and i would say for anybody who really likes that subtle sweet they like the creamy cigars the element of spice i really think sets the cigar off for eight dollars super fucking tough to beat it really Almost is very very tough to beat it really is so when you're thinking about going to your local red box or your local blockbuster that still has the sign saying not open, but still want to break into it to see if there's still any available horror movies that you can strip from the shelves. Just think for a second. $8 for a horror movie? Or $8 for the Annabelle Magdalia? You choose. Which way you choose. Yeah. That brings us to the conclusion of this episode. Yeah, almost like the conclusion of the horror story. You know what's weird is that this episode was a mass mess. So many challenges. Yeah. Re-recordings. Sure. The whole thing. But somehow we made it to the finish line. I know. We went off course a few times. Yeah. We went down paths. We didn't know where it was going to take us, but we managed to get back on the right path. Yeah. And here we are. It's like in the it's like in the movies where you know like you think you're you, you escape the you escape Jason right you're like oh my god <laughs> we, I think we lost him and then he's like oh yeah and then you're like, oh, he starts running again somehow you're running at a constant pace of ten miles an hour he's walking a half mile an hour and still, still manages always to catching up to you catches you every Get goddamn time blocking you off that dude's just great with shortcuts you know. Dude, he knows that lake. Yeah, he does. He's great with the shortcuts. You got to admire a man who knows Could you geography. imagine him with a big fucking eyes like, why the fuck are they going the long way? <laughs> he just <laughs> cuts them off. <laughs> it just takes the short route. Yeah, that's true. Are they really taking uh, the woods? I'm just going <laughs> to fucking go to this cabin and wait for them. <laughs> that's funny. Um, we hope everyone has a wonderful Halloween. Yeah. Halloween's coming up. In a very short, I mean, what is like a short few days? 
Halloween will be here, shortly followed by Daylight Savings Time. It looks like the weather's changing. It's very dreary out today. It's, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's it's really, really a mess. It's really a mess, mess here in Ohio. It's rainy. It's kind of cold. It's windy. The trees look beautiful. Messy though. like my nose and my drawers. <laughs> um, we greatly appreciate everybody listening to this fucking horrifically stupid. What other adjectives can we throw at this episode? Spooky. Yeah, spooky, haunted. Yeah. Whatever you want to fucking say, it is a hodgepodge of a goddamn mess, but we greatly appreciate everybody listening to it, and greatly appreciate everybody listening to the previous episode that we had in 121, which is the first cigar head-to-head challenge. It actually was very well received, which makes me very happy. Um, that was kind of the litmus test of whether or not we were going to do those going forward, and I think we are because it was very, very, very well received, so... We will uh, we will look to continue the cigar the, the head to head challenges which we'll probably try to do on a once a month basis, um, and we'll include other podcast groups into that going forward as well. Maybe um, like a maybe like a, a foot to foot or butt to butt. Ooh, nice little butt to butt challenge. Yeah, like we'll do cigar we'll do cigarettes. Could you imagine? You know what? I'm gonna leave that one there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we greatly appreciate everybody yeah. listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. And uh, we'll be back at you next week with episode 123. See you, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. How can you get a hold of us? You can get a hold of myself on Instagram at the Hot Ticket Pod. You can get a hold of Chris on Instagram at Hot Ticket Chris. Please also, if you could, visit our website, hotticketweekly.com, for news, reviews, interviews, and more. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. In addition to being on iTunes, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere where you can find podcasts. Again, thank you for listening to the show. We'll be back at you next week.